Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of The Hollywood Podcast, covering the latest in film, TV, streaming, and social media. I'm your host, Max Geshwind. Stay tuned for today's episode. Well, hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. I'm so excited to be joined by Oscar-nominated visual effects artist Steph Soretti, who um, is now nominated this year for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. His previous nominations, also in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, was for Doctor Strange and um, the first Guardians of the Galaxy back in 2014. Steph, thank you for joining me today. Oh, thank you for having me, Max. So I'd love to start at the beginning of your involvement working on the third film. I know that there were a lot of stops and starts um, dating back, mm -hmm. I think, to 2018. So you've been a part of this project for several years now. Um, can you talk about how early on in your conversations with um, the director, James Gunn, did you know that this would serve not only as the culmination of this trilogy that um, you started with, you know, over 10 years ago, but that it would be a rocket origin story? Uh, I mean, it was pretty clear from the beginning, like in 2018 already, the, the script was in a state where it didn't change much, uh, you know, as we came back in 2021 to finally film film it but um i think james always had that idea that um even though everybody thought that was uh, from the first film that it was all about peter quill <laughs> the story of peter quill that in the end it will be the story of rocket um and uh, it felt completely natural you know to come back and tell the last film you know in the last film and the last film of the trilogy to just focus on rocket because everybody loves that character and they know that there is a backstory there that that is, you know, most certainly very interesting to know about because he's such a complex character that is so angry all the time. But you feel that there's something that happened in his past that we need to know about to completely understand why he's in that state of mind. And uh, I think that was the perfect time to just tell that story. Uh, and James was, you know, there's a lot of James in Rocket. <laughs> um, and I think it was the also for James it was the perfect story, you know, to to finish Guardians with that focus on on Rocket and why he was so angry as a character and 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 what his uh, evolution has been, you know. Um, so uh, and also when we were talking about the first film, you know, we had we were all wondering what why he had all these kind of implants in his body. Uh, there's that moment in the showers in the prison where. Peter Quill kind of sees his back. And at the time, I remember we were talking about, oh, my God, what has he gone through? And James was, you know, you know, he's, he's, he wasn't very you know, clear about what happened, but he, he said he had a very troubled past. And um, so we always had a, in our mind that that story had to be told. Right. I mean, over the years, watching the first two films, as well as um, other things outside of the films, we mm -hmm. I think audiences develop such an emotional attachment to rocket and i think it's because of the mystery of not knowing where he came from and seeing that you know that there must have been some trauma that happened um in his mm -hmm. past life that um is the reason for what he is like you know in the first couple of movies and the third film absolutely answers Definitely. that question um can you talk a little bit about because i'm sure there's such a challenge working on animals and fur especially but mm -hmm. on top of all that making sure to create this emotional aspect of the the animals that would have an effect on the audience which you um yeah. are able to do so 
successfully. Um, can you talk a little bit about um, a, a sense of emoting on the part of these animal characters and yeah, specifically well, Rocket? I think, you know, I mean, everybody's talking about the fur and the fur is an extremely complicated thing to do. I mean, we've been dealing with it from the first film and, um, you know, especially in terms of interaction between a CG furry character and and actors uh, in the film. But, but you know, besides that, you know, I mean, we've, we've progressed so much in the last 10 years in terms of the technology for uh, both kind of animating the fur, you know, adding details to the fur that we couldn't do, before, you know, 10 years ago, even though it was pretty, I mean, first rocket was pretty cool, but it's, it's been evolving and, and the rendering of it all and the, the quality of the render, the quality of the light and, and making it, you know, even more tactile in a way, like something that you can look at and really feel that it exists on screen um, as a real thing. Um, but, but I think the emotion itself, you know, it, the core of the film is the story of Rocket, as we just talked about. And and from the very beginning, talking with James um, about about him and his friends in the cages, you know, it was how do we get that emotion on screen? How do we how do we make it feel first like it's part of the film? So in the way we film it, how do we film it so that it feels natural to the rest of the film and not like a, a you know we cut to a CG scene, you know? So it it was it was. It was very in one actually in one of his first email to me, even before we started to be together in in Atlanta in pre-production. He was like, "How do we get how do we get that done, Steph?" You know, um, and so we thought about it, and and um, I, really what we did for the first two days of the, of the the principal photography, we we got all the actors here, the, the four characters in the cages. And, uh, you know, we have Sean Gunn, who's been doing Rocket from the first film with, uh, with us. And uh, obviously Bradley Cooper does the voice a little later. But when we're on set, we always have Sean that, you know, is used to acting with all the other Guardians. Uh, but here was all the, the four characters, all the four actors, you know, Linda Cartellini and um, all the other, the other two um, were with us. And we filmed it as like film theater. Honestly, it was like um, on a, on a, very basic uh gray stage with some bars and everything and james had been thumbnailing and storyboarding every every moment of the the sequences um but we we really spent two days shooting like almost like 15 to 20 minutes of the film which is kind of crazy when you think about it um but we shot with the cameras uh that james is used to sh shooting with henry bram our our dp uh he's also our camera operator and uh, he filmed everything as he would film the rest of the film. So it it was the idea that we would literally shoot it and be able to cut it. Um, we had the actors in some sort of mocap suits, but we don't do mocap for animation on these characters. We it's all hand animated. Uh, what we wanted to capture was the the what we call the blocking of the scene and the camera moves. That because the camera moves, James is very specific about his camera moves, and they kind of it's it's very balletic with the all the blocking and how the the characters move, the way the camera kind of covers everything. So it was very essential for James to have this and have the the pure emotion of the acting, uh, like I said, like theater acting. Uh, the first two days, we recorded all the voices, recorded all the acting. Um, you know, um, um, uh, the actor who was playing Thieves was in, in a wheelchair because Thieves mm -hmm. has these big wheels uh, around his body. Um, 
um, uh, floor was was on the floor. She she was crawling on the floor like uh, the spider rabbit that she yeah. was. And 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 Linda was so sweet, you know, playing playing uh, uh, the other Lila. And it was it was really beautiful to see that happening in the first two days of the shoot because it kind of put everybody in the mindset of what the film would be about. You know, we were starting with the core of the story and shooting this first really gave everybody a, a boost and an emotion that was carried, you know, throughout the, the filming of of, uh, of the movie. And, um, and you know, we started editing this really quickly. Uh, Fred Raskin, uh, our editor, who's been with James for a while, uh, put that together actually really quickly. We had, we had the... the um, the music already there, you know, we, we kind of watched the first version of the cut of all these flashbacks very quickly. And it was already so emotional uh, for us, you know, and then we, we gave it to the our, our good people at Frame Store in London. Uh, we had started to, you know, develop the, the characters and, and build the characters as CG assets. And they, they did a first pass uh, blocking uh, animation of it. And um, and the same thing. I mean, every time we were progressing into more renders, more detail in the animation, more facial expression, really mimicking or transposing the the acting from all our great actors that we had on set into the faces of these uh, animals uh, in a very precise way, it kept on getting more and more emotional. I mean, we were watching those um, those scenes in reviews with James, you know, pretty much once a week or every two weeks. And uh, <laughs> we were choking, we were crying as we were watching it. It was it was getting better and better. And and you know, we knew we had we had done the right thing, just really starting from the pure acting from our actors. You know, they, this is uh, I, I keep saying this, but there is no world in which we can achieve this without the actors. Um, and I know there's that that fear right now that actors are going to go away and everybody's going to go away and all the artists are going to go away. We're going to get replaced by machines. But actually, this is the proof that, no, it's not that. We're, we're actually work all together, actors, um, you know, director, animators, all together to actually get this level of emotion that is so genuine and real and human that it is essential that we all you know actors are essential to the process we wouldn't be there without them um and and it's to me it's it's something that we should not forget and it's actors animators all kind of it's kind of a symbiotic situation where they really create these characters together you know and we have bradley coming in a little later and and adding another level of acting that we have to kind of react and readjust our animation and it's it's always kind of getting better and um, it's a very human process, even though we're using computers. It is a very human process. Yeah, um, but much like how actors, as you say, are so integral to to the making of this, so are the work that you and your team mm -hmm. do in um, creating this emotional response that the viewer feels and what I think is probably the most intimate, personal and emotional uh, story in the Guardians uh, franchise up until this point. Um, with um, sharing of Rocket's past. And that's largely in part due to you and your team um, designing not just Rocket, but also um, the other test subjects that Rocket mm -hmm. befriends. Um, can you actually talk about that? Because obviously Rocket, we've um, familiar with before um, coming on to the third film, weren't familiar with the other uh, animals that um, Rocket 
comes in contact with that we see. Um, walrus, otter, rabbit are just a few of many animals that um, we see the, for the first time in, in the Guardians franchise. Can you talk about some of the research you underwent in uh, yeah. designing those looks? It was initially, um, as James was writing the script, he always does little, little, little drawings uh, that he keeps on the side. And um, he had these little drawings for each of the characters, like very simplistic, but but kind of like when you look at them, okay, well, this is it. <laughs> and then uh, it goes to um, at Marvel, uh, we had the um, the VisDev department and they do a lot of concept uh, initially. Um, mm. So they did a bunch of concept that, that James approved and uh, it was for each character and also for Rocket for each steps you know, of his evolution from the little little run to uh, all the way to the rocket we know nowadays. Uh, as soon as I came on the, on the, the project, um, my first thing was to really try to nail down all the all the the key moments of the story and the design aspect of all the implants that that rocket is getting at each step so that we would understand, you know, okay, it's starting it's starting as that little baby mm -hmm. uh, raccoon which actually I have a picture that I took in 2012 of James oh, wow. in, in my office in, uh, in this, at the studios in, uh, in London when we shot the first film. We had, we had a raccoon. We had a, a raccoon called Oreo, which was a big you know, adult raccoon that we kind of literally studied. And that was who become, we became Rocket. Uh, so we we spent a day with that raccoon, but there was also baby raccoons on that day. And I had that picture of that little baby raccoon and James holding it in his hand. And I sent that picture to James. You know, I said, hey, is it is it going to be like this to begin with? And he said, yes, that's the one. That's it. And we started with this. And um, I gave that to Framestore. And then we went through every stages and I'm just try, trying to understand, OK, when is he? Because raccoons don't have shoulders. So when is he going to get his shoulders? Okay, he's going to get his shoulders because that's going to be these big metal ro rods that are going to go after one of the operations he's going through. They're going to go in his shoulders mm -hmm. and it's going to expand his his chest and his rib cage. And same thing, the, hand, the, the hands are growing into more, you know, human hands because of what happened at that moment in the story. So we had to kind of really design every step of Rocket based off what stage of his life he was going through and how much he had been in a very cruel way operated on as a test subject. And it was this, I mean, all the other animals didn't have that level of variation because they were already grown. Right. Uh, as as you get into the cages, but we we went through very very detail. Like I, I had, um, you know, for for the Lila the otter, I had that picture that I found on the internet that she was. Um, I wanted really her to be when you look at her to be very cute because otters are a little scary sometimes when you look at them. <laughs> you know, they have their, these teeth and they can yeah. they can be a little scary. But I wanted you know because of who Linda is and the way she played the character with such kind of like. A, a motherly figure for Rocket, you know. She she was always that very sweet, and I wanted to have that 
Now, I had that picture every time they were showing me a turntable. And then I, I, I said, we've got to be as sweet as that because it's Linda and that's how sweet she is. Uh, so we had we had these kind of references. And then we look at tons of reference of how they move, how they, they their mouth uh, works and everything. Same for every character. You know, the rabbit, we went through different versions of rabbit. Does he have to have, you know, red eyes like rabbits that are less scary? Um, you know, all these things. And then... Uh, for uh, for teeth, um, we had so many cool, um, you know, images of walrus and videos. I mean, I actually have a breakdown of of the the, the work, and they we see all these kind of videos with walrus doing flapping their their um, their arms or it's their palms, and it's it's it, we just go in so much detail. You know, the the mouth, how much like the whiskers are they? You know. In, in the face and then we had to put in all these kind of little like very kind of almost disturbing like the the things holding his eyes mm -hmm. uh, yeah. the metal implants around the eyes and and the eyelids um it takes a lot of time it takes like a, a good three months to three four months to actually get those models in a place where we can start animating them you know um it's it's a lot of work and 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 especially for Rocket and Lila, because we had we had to get so much emotion out of their face. Uh, you know, we we have to go through a lot of variations on what we call face shapes, and and being able to really transcribe the acting from uh, Sean or Bradley and Linda into the face of these animals is is really uh, really really you know time consuming. Um, just a few months before the release of the third film, we were all able to see your great work also in the holiday special of the Guardians mm -hmm. uh, yeah. franchise. Um, how difficult was it working on the third <laughs> volume and the holiday special and what I imagine was done simultaneously? It was done simultaneously and we had to, it was a, it was a, it was a challenge because uh, we had to deliver this before Thanksgiving, having shooting, uh, sometimes in May, um, so it was pretty short in post production uh, for the holiday special. But they, they they edited it really quickly, and it was really good, really quickly. So there wasn't many changes, and um, but still, it was like another almost six hundred shots we had to do um, on top of the three thousand shots we had to do for the film, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. Um, but but it was it was good. I mean, we had two things: we had to finish nowhere really quickly. Uh, we had to have the Bowie ready very quickly. And also we had to have um, uh, Cosmo ready very quickly because she was actually very featured in the Christmas special mm -hmm. as much as in the film uh, almost. So, and that was, that was a character we didn't have any, you know, history from, you know, we, we had a Cosmo in the first film, but that was a real dog. Uh, <laughs> so we had, we, as we were shooting, because we knew we had to get that, that thing done as quickly as possible. We, we started really building that asset uh, as soon as possible. And, and, testing it we had a real dog on on set called slate that we sh every time we were shooting we had the dog with us you know kind of doing something it was a crazy dog she 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 was a little a little uh you know hectic sometimes because mostly because james was playing with slate all the time slate mm. james loves dogs so yeah. as soon as the reference dog was coming in james was like <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was fun but yeah all of that you know but that that gave us a good boost for the film actually because you know, there were things we had to kind of figure out really quickly and that helped us for in the long run for the film it really helped us to have to do all that so early
I'm glad you mentioned Nowhere, too, as it pertains to the holiday special, because we open up the third volume in Nowhere. And I, I that's one of my favorite parts of the film, just that opening sequence of, you know, from the headquarters of Creep and seeing yeah. um, Rocket walk throughout the headquarters and having uh, Creep from Radiohead um, playing in the background. Can you talk a little bit about um, that particular sequence? Well, that's a that's a very, actually, very long intro for us. Like there's a there's yeah. a. The shots are very, very long, and especially the shot, you know, that starts in the cages with the baby, the baby rocket, and then you get you get onto him and his face, and very extreme close up on the eyes, which is, you know, something we've worked really hard on the film is getting the eyes right because we had so many extreme close ups and so much emotion to actually portray in very extreme close up shots of the eyes. So you start there, and then you see rocket evolve. And go from pretty much 3D morph between his baby form and his current form. And um, and then you've got the music starting and all that stuff. So it gets you into a mood. It's very different from the first two films because the first two films had a very joyful kind of intro intro music. And um, um, this one was a little bit, bit more moody. We knew we were in for something different already, you know, as you, as you open the movie and, and then, you know, you go, you go down and then you, you meet kind of all the characters that are kind of working at building, uh, nowhere back from the events that are, were in Endgame, I think, you know, where everything burned, um, and you you discover all oh, everybody's kind of working on it, but there's a melancholy to it. You know, there's a you you follow Rocket into into the streets, and there's there's a there's a vibe that is very different. But it it was a very a few very long shots showing a lot of you know our extensions. We built a huge set. Uh, Beth Mickle, our production designer, built a, a gigantic set in uh, in Atlanta that was really amazing. Like uh, she, even the apartments were stacked on top of each other. We were going all the way up to the top of the set, which was about fifty feet tall. Um, and uh, but you know, we still had to top up everything with the 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 death of nowhere and everything you see around it. And, and it was the first time that nowhere was actually in a, in some sort of a daylight um, mm. kind of, because uh, usually nowhere was always in that kind of darkness right. as we had seen in the, the first film. And in, I think in infinity wars or uh, Endgame. and here James said, Oh, you know, they're, they're coming in they're They're changing the thing. They want to have kind of a day, day and night cycle. So we're going to play with that artificial light and change the light from day to night. And that's going to give us a little bit of variation, which I think was interesting uh, to do because uh, it, it gave us a very different vibe for the different scenes we had. Um, not only was the story emotional, but I'm sure having this serve as the conclusion to this uh, trilogy made it very mm -hmm. emotional on set with James, the mm -hmm. cast, the crew. Yeah. Um, can you talk about what that sentiment was like behind the scenes on the set, um, how it was different than working on the first one, knowing that this was like the end of a, of a saga? Well, I think, I think it was so interesting because first of all, we, because the film got kind of stopped in 2018, we were all very happy to be back and be able to tell that story because we wanted to, you know, and it was that that added to the emotion of being there and making it, you know, we at some point we all, all thought that that would never happen. So we we were very uh, grateful that we could actually come back and do it together. And um, and, you know, the 
towards the end of the shoot as actors were getting wrapped and it was the you know it was okay well this is it we're never going to be together again you know we when we came back the first few days that there were some exhilarating moments where oh my god you know i mean i had not seen some of these actors for a while yeah. so it was like oh steph you know and then uh we were all very excited all the time we had so much fun i mean shooting with that group of actors they, they all know each other so well james is you know, a, a great director is directing them so well and everything. They, there's so much actual actual love uh, on set between everybody that when the, the last day when we were done, it was like, okay, the last shot I think we did was with um, Sean playing Rocket in the, uh, in the little uh, spaceship where he escapes. And that was the last shot we shot. And after that, I mean, honestly, we all cried a little bit. Everybody was doing his little speech, like bye-bye and everything, but... It was it was very emotional and um but I would say you know it it was it was the same throughout in in post as well like all the a lot of the people in our department and in um in at the vendors who were working on it they love those characters they've some of them have started their career on the first guardians um some of them have come into doing visual effects because they love the first guardian movie and uh, and you could feel it, you know, working with the, the vendors, all the artists at the vendors, you could feel that there was a lot of interest in making this movie, making it the best way possible and really getting to the level of quality that we wanted to get and give the, these characters and, you know, and these this, this trilogy a, a, the proper send off, like a beautiful send off and try to make it really, really good. And um, you could feel that everywhere. Um, there's there's a lot of love for these characters and and people really like working with James and and uh, you know helping him tell his crazy stories. So it, it was an emotional journey throughout. And um, I mentioned earlier, but um, you've received your third Oscar nomination for your great work in this film. You were nominated twice before, also for Marvel films. Um, but can you talk about how this Oscar nomination feels different than the other? two times i would think this serving as the um finale of this guardians <laughs> saga over the decade plus that we've come to know and love these characters that that adds a particular emotional weight to this uh, yeah. oscar nomination it does because you know i'm 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 very proud of what we've done you know we've we've done uh, a, a very complex difficult movie um but we've done it with love and we've done it with great artists. Um, and and I think everybody was very proud of how the film turned out at the end um, and how we've been able to get the reaction from the audience that we wanted to get, you know, and 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 see how much they resonated with the story and how much they they you know they were emotional looking at everything we had done you know and and when i say emotional it's not just crying it's also laughing i mean there's a lot of laughter in the film it's not all doom and gloom there's right, right. it's a james gunn movie so yeah. you're gonna cry for a minute and then you're gonna literally you know shout cry cry laughing <laughs> the next minute and and uh and that's what makes this movie great you know they're not just one tone thing they just are they are very rich in emotion and 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 fun so um I, i'm very proud of what we've done as as a group we've been we've been working together for a, a long time a lot of people that have been working on these films uh for a long time have have worked on this one too and and i think 
you know, we did it in um, with a lot of love. We did it. We tried to do it as less <laughs> as less painful as possible for everybody as well. You know, you know, sometimes these movies are really painful to do because they're very um, chaotic. But with James being at the helm of it, it's been a much more stable movie, and it really helped us in terms of the visual effects to to really shine. And I think. Uh, it's a testament to him, but also to all the artists that worked on it. And I, I'm so glad that the, the Academy has recognized that the work is, you know, worthy of of a nomination. Absolutely. Um, and for my last question, you were just talking about James. This project does not mark the end to your working relationship with James. I um, believe you're already in Atlanta, getting ready to yes, um, shoot with uh, shoot uh, Superman Legacy, James Gunn's mm -hmm. next film that is much anticipated. Can you mm -hmm. share with us anything you're able to on what we have to expect from your work and this next uh, uh, collaboration between you and James? Uh, I can't tell you anything because it's all very secret. Um, uh, we're shooting, uh, starting shooting very shortly. Um, we're all very excited. It's pretty much the entire team that was on Guardians that is back here to work with James. James has his movie family and we're all around him and we like him and I think he likes us. <laughs> and so we're uh, we're very excited by the film. Um, I have to make you believe a man can fly. So I'll try to do that. And uh, we're all working very hard on it. So it's going to be it's going to be special. It's going. We have an amazing cast as well that um, we're very excited about. Yeah, with David Korn, Sweat, and Rachel Brosnahan mm -hmm. playing uh, Superman and Lois Lane. I can speak for a lot of people that this is a much anticipated uh, yes. film that we have to, that um, lots of people are looking forward to. So no pressure. <laughs> no at pressure all. at all. Zero. <laughs> Zero. Um, well, Steph, thank you so much for taking the time and congratulations again on your thank work you. in the third installment, but also the recognition with the Oscar nomination and best of luck on March 10th. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for tuning in. Please take a moment to subscribe to the Hollywood podcast for free on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Until next time, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Max Geshwind. Thanks for listening.